the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friends so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday, my dearly beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. God's miracle of multiplication of goods on earth is seen in all aspects of the nature and beyond. God is good. God is generous. God said, let there be light, and there is light that is plentiful. God said, let there be water. There is water all over the place. God said, let there be sun, let there be moon, let there be stars, let there be human life. Let there be life. God said, everything is good that he made. And it is true. Everything that God made is in fact good. On this Sunday show, we shall speak about the multiplication of goods and the infinite richness of the divine gifts as being the miracle of life. I always wondered in my life, thinking, if God somehow was in charge of the economy of the world, Would there have been famine in the world? There is enough food and money in the world to help all the needy. The problem is that not enough people and organizations want to make the effort, it seems, to be somehow aware of each other's needs. Sometimes a simple awareness is the key, the response, to find a solution. Sometimes a simple act of charity, simple act of mercy, simple act of love is most likely what is needed to be done. Sometimes uh, a little show of support towards one another would also help. I think in somehow we live in our lives on a daily basis and uh, we are not aware of the existence of many human beings that are on earth. So part of the problem is not God's divine providence that God's miracle of the multiplication of goods on earth. The problem is how many of us on earth are aware, in fact, that God provides for all of our life. Can you imagine a life without oxygen? What will happen if the sun stops rising for centuries? What will happen if there was no sequence of day and night? What will happen if there is no oxygen? What will happen if the oceans were without the fish? For once, of course, many people will go hungry. People who love sushi, for instance, 
Would we like go on narcs and somehow? Imagine if there's no animals. Imagine there is no trees. Imagine there is no human beings. Imagine there is no warmth, no cold, no heat, no snow, no rain, no colors. Can you imagine life lifeless? Of course not. That's why we have God. And that's why God is God. Because he made of everything enough and bountiful in identity, in quality, and in quantity. This is why God's miracle is the multiplication of goods on earth. And this multiplication of goods on earth is seen in all aspects of the nature and beyond nature. So why does the world still experience a settled economic recession, for instance, a fear of depression of some sort? Why do we still raise war? Why there is still famine? So if there is enough food and money in the world to help all the needy, where could the problem be? Of course, sometimes we could say at the easiest part, the problem is that not enough people and organizations want to probably make the effort to send the extra food to the needy or to contribute financially to the needy. But many organizations aim to do. Yet the crisis sometimes is also big. You know, it's not easy to help people when a hurricane hits, when a major snowstorm hit, when a big fire like the one happened in Hawaii, to whom we send our heartfelt condolence for all those who lost their loved ones in this horrible fire, in these horrible fires. We pray for the internally displaced people, the people who are without shelter at this point. We really pray for them. We we stand with them and we thank everyone who has been helping and providing them with a place to stay, with medication to have, and of course, with whatever needs they are in need for, with food. Um, it's amazing to see how many people came to the rescue. We thank all those who opened hotels and places um, for these families to come and dwell. And of course, we look forward to the rebuilding of uh, this area of Hawaii, which was hit badly by these horrendous, horrible fires. But imagine this world without a human solidarity, for instance, at the end of this fire. Imagine people in, um, you know, Ukraine, in Ukraine, if the world did not run to them and gave them all these funds and all these aids programs and these helps, for instance, what could happen to those people? However, if you look on the other side, do you know how many African people run from Africa to come to Europe on a yearly basis? Do you have any idea how many Christians are being killed in Africa every year for their faith? Do we know how many people, the Fulanis and Boko Haram, chase out of their homes and their lands in Nigeria, for instance, on a yearly basis? Do you know how many children are being trafficked in the world? The human trafficking in general is the worst, the worst, the worst crisis that is on earth. You know how many children are being aborted, not being given the possibility to exist. Do you know that in the last 10 years, but specifically after the war in Ukraine, after the war in Ukraine, but with the COVID actually, not 10 years, since COVID, since 2020, 
since 2020 till today, there's about 20 million people suffering from famine on earth, 20 million people under the risk of famine. So the crisis is big and it's global. Do you know, for instance, that in the world today, there are about 165 million people without shelter. They are refugees or internally displaced people. They are on the move of some sort. If you take these senses and you apply them to a little country such as Lebanon, for instance, with the financial corruption, with the problem of the terrorist groups and with the sanctions that are being imposed on the neighboring country of Syria and on people, some bad players in Lebanon, yet the innocent people at the end, they end up paying the price. They end up really paying a heavy, heavy, heavy cost for all these, as a consequence of these, for these sanctions. So somehow, actually nations could contribute towards problems when it comes to food distribution, medicine, education, and the, the work of miners. It's horrible because at least in the last hundred years, at least in the last hundred years, we know that the manipulation of the human uh, resources when it comes to food and medication were a major part of war games, of war tactics. For instance, if we look at the World War I between the Turkish Empire and the Allies, let's take the zone of the Middle East along. Between 1915 and 1917, the Allies, France and Great Britain, imposed sieging um, on Lebanon, actually, um, from the sea, because the sea was theirs. Um, they governed the sea, the Mediterranean Sea. So no ships could enter with any provision, with any food, um, to bring food or medication um, to Lebanon from the sea. Um, the reason for the siege was is to starve the soldiers of the Turkish Empire, the Ottoman Empire at the time, who was occupying Lebanon, Syria, and um, many parts of the Middle East as well. What happened in return on the other side, is that the Turkish Empire, the Ottoman Empire, seized the land of Lebanon. So they did not allow anybody to enter into the Mount Lebanon from Syria, from Jordan, from Turkey, so from the north and from the east and from the south. And more so, they confiscated anything that is a green, anything that is edible, from animals to food to cheese to trees to yielding trees, and they cut off all the trees that could give the fruits in that land, in Mount Lebanon. And they did not let any grains pass. So Lebanon was seized from both ends, from the good party and the bad party. 230,000 people perished in famine in Lebanon. 230,000 people perished in famine in Lebanon between 1915 to 1917. Recently, we hear about Karen. Um, gas supplies from Europe, uh, food supplies, uh, shortages. We have seen that with uh, as a part of the trade the war between, uh, let's say, uh, United States and China. We have seen that with world sanctions on certain aspects of governments, on governments altogether. It's been applied in um, against Russia, I guess, as well. You know, it's been applied in many places in the world. And I'm not taking no political stand, but... Um, all I'm saying is the manipulation of food resources is being applied as part of a war tactic to kill the enemy, basically, to harm the enemy. 
But really, are all the Lebanese people the enemies of the United States? When we want to sanction Hezbollah, do we start the people of Lebanon? They end up paying heavy, heavy, heavy costs. I couldn't afford buying the medication for my mom, as a matter of fact, this month for her cancer. You know, many people come to us. We can't find medication for Crohn's disease in Lebanon. You know, the Umira does no longer exist. Um, we need medication um, for children who have bone deficiency to grow their bones. The medication is not found in Lebanon. Milk formula for babies, for instance. Medication by itself now comes from Turkey, from Iran somehow. And God knows how they are making these medications. It's no longer the brand name that we know for a fact it's effective and it does work. So there is a problem with um, the wars when it uses economy and resources, when it manipulates gas, for instance, oil, for instance, food, for instance, medication, for instance, anything that is deemed to be necessity for the human life, it gets manipulated and it becomes listed as a part of the sanctions where governments can basically break the back of other governments and use the food resources cut off to break down these nations. Currency manipulation works the same way. You know, Lebanon now, if you carry 100 million Lebanese lira, 100 million Lebanese lira, this like you're carrying probably $1,000 in your pocket if you can't find it, of course. Um, you know, if you are trying to, for instance, a person gets paid um, about $100, $110 a month in Lebanon, but the food cost in Lebanese pound is in the millions, in the millions of Lebanese pound. So the currency manipulation is also part of uh, um, this trade war, unfortunately. And all of this uh, makes us realize that uh, people will no longer have access to go to hospitals. People will no longer have access to buy their medication. People will have no longer access to go buy their hygiene supplies. Uh, people will no longer eat out or even have food in. People have to um, calculate how much in food they can eat. Yeah, they do lose weight. We do think that this is good and somehow, but at the end, they lose nutrition as well. You know, not everything is about the type, the, the, the food we can consume and, and how many times we eat per day. At the end, it all comes down to not only the calories, but to the nutrition facts that are in the food. And many of these nutrition factors will miss from the food. All I'm saying, it is unethical to rage war and to break the back of the enemy using the economic means of manipulation of resources by cutting off the resources, um, knowing that the innocent people are gonna be the victims and that the bad people will end up confiscating the resources of the good people because they have the power to do so, they have the authority to do so, they have the influence to do so, they have the arms to be able to do so, and at the end the poor people suffer and die. That is not right. Something has to happen in this regard. So the good work of the, the mission of hope and mercy, of course, in this regard, is to remind us as wealthy nation, as wealthy contributors, as potential contributors, that we do need to contribute each according to our means and capabilities to show care for people not only in Lebanon per se, but anywhere in the world as a matter of fact. But Lebanon is a, a, a unique place. Why should we care about Lebanon as, as Americans? You know, if we face the fact that we as um, an American nation, of course, out of the 300 million 
people. That's what I think we are about a little bit over 320 million people. I think probably 80% of us comes from Judeo-Christian background. Anyone who comes from the Judeo, from a Judeo-Christian background has a spiritual and historical heritage and religious heritage and liturgical heritage and cultural heritage and moral and ethical heritage in Lebanon, in Israel, in the Middle We have that heritage. That land is a part of our identity. It is a part of who we are. Even the prayers, we pray, and we do not know where they came from. They came from that land. Many of the prayers were actually composed in Lebanon and in Syria, believe it or not, not inside Israel. I'm talking about the Christian prayers, of course. All the Jewish prayers were composed in Syria and Israel, in South Lebanon, in the Apamea area, in Aleppo area, in Damascus area, in Sidon, in Tyre, in Biblos. It's amazing that this little area of the world actually was the source, the fountain, where the Holy Spirit and somehow overwhelmed the world with tons of beautiful prayers. And they were written in Aramaic. They were written in Syriac. They were written in Greek. They were written later on in Latin. And uh, today we say them in English. We may not know where they came from. Even the Bible, even the pericope of the Bible, the oldest pericope of the Bible. So the oldest manuscript of the Bible is actually a Damascus manuscript, believe it or not. It's a Damascus manuscript. And look, Damascus is sieged. Of course, there was a horrible, horrible regime inside Syria. But the people of Syria pay heavy price. And like lambs that to the slaughter, and shears before shears. Those people in Lebanon, in Syria, in Iraq, in other places in the Middle East, in Africa, in China, they are silent. And silently, they are led before their shearers. And they're not open in their mouths because we're not listening. So we need to remind us as Americans because it is important place for our foundation of our faith, Lebanon and the Middle East, that we need to show our care. You know, people who are able to give, for instance, we do feel good, of course, about our giving to the needy. Uh, if, if, I, if I only can tell you, if I only can tell you, two weeks ago, we ended up paying the bill for the school of the Holy Family, which, you know, the Mission of Hope and Mercy support the uh, school of the, the congregation of the Holy Family, the sisterhood of the Holy Family. And in that school, of course, we have about between 229 students uh, with employees, and there are other students, actually, I think, um, that they joined even towards the end of the year. Don't ask me. Um, I, I think they are refugees, as a matter of fact. So the, the total body of the school comes to about 250 people, about 250 people. It takes us, as a mission of hope and mercy, about uh, $75,000 to be able to support that school in its entirety, to pay for its bills. And of course, these children don't pay tuition. They go for free attending that school. And the sisters take care of them. They are Muslim refugees from Syria, Sunnis. They are Shia children from Lebanon, Christian children from Lebanon, all of them in the mountain. So two weeks ago, we sent about $8,000 to the nuns. We collect this money a little at the time based on your donations. We can't, of course, afford paying all $75,000 at once, but we try to pledge it. We try to fulfill our pledge depending on how much donations will come to us. And a nun called me and she was crying on the phone and she left me a message and she kept saying, I was just praying. I say, this is impossible. God would not leave us. God cannot leave us. God promised us help. The mission of hope and mercy will come through. 
And I get this call. She says she gets this call from her bank. And the, the superior general of the um, congregation of the Holy Family, known as Abrin in North Lebanon, calls the sister in that mountain school and tells me, Sister, you just received from the Mission of Hope and Mercy in the U.S. a donation of $8,000. Come. You know, many surgeries we have been helping, we have been doing. You know, uh, um, uh, children um, actually come with prayers, with multiple blessings. Um, they come to us and they say, Father, thank you. Thanks to our donors in the U.S. that you guys have been helping us a lot. This is amazing, my friends. This is, of course, a great thing to do. Um, so, on the Sunday show, um, Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre, we need to remind ourselves of the multiplication of goods and the infinite richness of the divine gifts as being the miracle of life. On the other hand, when we look at the famines in the world, the economic problems in the world, we see also like a settled, like a dormant, um, an, an undercurrent going economic crisis in the world being on the rise. Um, and of course, in that economic crisis, um, we see some form of depression. It's manifested in food supply shortages, in real estate, in health insurance, in medical costs, in education, in housing, and cost of living. It is definitely manifested there. And um, what does that mean to us in the mission of hope and mercy? What does this mean to you in the world? Um, we as a family of the mission of Hope Mercy, we have to show care. We definitely have to raise awareness amongst uh, people with potentials, people with means, uh, people of goodwill, people of prayers, people with talent, with time, with treasure, uh, people who are concerned in what is happening in order to join our spiritual family and continue to donate and start assisting us. Recently, myself, I have allowed the um, myself, basically, due to very unique circumstances of my life, um, as you may know, uh, it has to do with some sort of persecution. I wanted to pray for me, please, and uh, for my family, uh, to experience some sort of a let go into the hands of God. You know that song, Que sera, sera. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. But not whatever will be, will be as a sign of defeat. No way. I reject that by God's grace. But I'm in a totality of God's divine providence. People of faith uh, would, would ask, of course, uh, isn't it this what we are supposed to do every day in our lives is to live in a divine providence? I say yes, but of course, no, at the same time. Yes, we need to let go into God's divine hands and always count on divine providence. We always say, Jesus, I trust in you when we pray the divine mercy. Uh, for this is our faith in God as a divine father, the provider for all mankind and a source of all the blessings. So if we explore the divine providence for a little bit, if you look at it in the term in theology, and you can search it online, you can at least, uh, uh, I would say, look it up in Wikipedia. You see that divine providence, or simply providence, refers to God's intervention, God's intervention um, in the order of creation. This means God leads, guides, sees the general order of the universe. There is a day and there is a night. There is a sun and there is a moon. The stars, the planets, the other elements of the universe. There are seasons. Uh, there is water, wind, fire, earth, oxygen, trees, food, these deserts, plains, rains, snow, heat, mountains, 
human life, animals, seas, oceans, sciences, culture, civilizations, all forms of transportation, medicine, technology. There is good and evil. There is a human will and there is a bad ill will. There are black holes. There is a cosmos and uh, there is the universe. All of these function and exist according to a major order, which according to science and faith is governed and guided by a supreme being, a supreme transcendence, God. God runs the show, my friends. God runs the general order of things. And this is what we call the general providence. However, we see problems also on earth. We see evil. We see people are sick. We see people are in need for food. As if God does not provide for them. I don't think so. It's not true. This is not a matter of God. This is a matter of a human economy, a human feeling, a human balance, a human equilibrium, a human principle of loving God and the neighbor. The same way God loved us and is allowing us to see the sunlight, to feel the cold and the warm, to feel enough of the day and the night, to have enough trees, yielding trees and fruits and vegetables grow and animals, any oceans, any seas, underwater, on land, any air that we could consume and eat. The same way God has told us, love thy neighbor. So it is our responsibility, my friends, to grow towards one another, this feeling and these true emotions of loving one another and caring for each other. With this, I want us to pray on behalf of all those who are starving in the world, who are sick in the world, who don't go to school in the world. Let us pray for them with Psalm 69 and tell the Lord, Save me, O God, for the waters have risen to my neck. I have sunk into the mud of the deep, and there is no foothold. I have entered the waters of the deep, and the waves overwhelm me. I am wearied with all my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes are wasted away from looking for my God. More numerous than the hairs on my head are those who hate me without cause. Those who attack me with lies are too much for my strength. How can I restore what I have never stolen? O oh God, you know my sinful folly. My sins you can see. Let those who hope in you not be put to shame. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.